0: Welcome to the sermon podcast, Forks Community Church, located in eastern Pennsylvania. For more information about the church, please go to forkscommunitychurch.org. If you enjoyed this sermon and want others to hear about it, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you very much, and enjoy this week's sermon. All right, so last week we started a new series on contentment Called enough. And uh, we answered this question last week, why is contentment a greater gain than pleasure? And remember, we kind of unpacked this, dealt with this issue of, you know, I know, we know we can't take anything with us to the grave, but why not enjoy everything we can now while we still have the time? And we answered that question, sure, just go ahead and do it. No, we, we did not say that. We did not say that at all. In fact, we said contentment is a greater gain than pleasure because we avoid great danger. And we, we drew out three of those dangers from First Timothy chapter six, that we avoid the dangers of spiritual harm, financial ruin, and then spiritual ruin. So that was kind of the negative side. Positively, we thought we said that the the positive part of pursuing contentment or the gain of contentment is that we experience a greater joy of God's good gifts. Does that sound familiar? Okay, very good. And if it doesn't, you can go back and Listener, watched last week's messages. So today we're going to dive into this question, how do we pursue contentment? You know, how do we get there to living that life of contentment? And so the answer is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, just two verses that we're looking at today. And here's what it says. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, there's there's two big emphases here in these two verses. And the first one is very familiar, is contentment or satisfaction. It says, be satisfied with what you have. So that's kind of the first thread. And the second one is confidence. Uh, Notice how it ends, therefore, we may boldly say. Now, as we think about those two ideas, those are all things we want to have in life. We want to have satisfaction, and we want to have security, right? Those are two two ideals that a lot of people want in life. But sandwiched between those ideals is how we experience them, and it's trust. So our big idea today is the key to contentment is trusting in the promises of God. And the key verse is verse five, where he brings this Old Testament promise of God, "I will never leave you or forsake you." So that's really our key phrase today, is that promise of God, I will never leave you or abandon you." So as you think about this phrase, and we're going to unpack uh, what this phrase is, where it occurs in the Old Testament, because it's an Old Testament promise. And if you're married here today, this is like covenantal language. If you made a, when you got married, you made a vow to your husband or wife, right? That I am going to stick to you. I mean, the, the, the pastor probably didn't say it that way, but that's the idea. I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to stick to you no matter what. And that's what God says to his people when he enters into a relationship with them. I'm going to stick to you like glue no matter what. Now, this, this phrase, I will never leave you or abandon you, it occurs uh, several times in the Old Testament. And you don't get the exact quotation, but you get the concept in some significant moments in the Old Testament. And they, these occurrences um, involve three, two people and one nation. It involves Jacob, Israel, and Joshua. And I want you to think about how these promises are coming to these people and the experiences that they're in. For example, with Jacob, the Lord assures Jacob of his presence while fleeing from Esau. You know, Jacob was a deceiver. He deceived his brother Esau out of the birthright and es- Esau is ticked off and he's coming after him. The second one is with the nation of Israel where God assures Israel of his presence as they prepared a transition from Moses' leadership of 40 years to now Joshua's leadership. So I want you to think for a moment how that would feel to us. You know, everyone always gets nervous anytime there's a presidential election, right? Uncertainty. That's the feeling of Israel here. And they've had their guy for 40 years, right? Moses was their guy, and now there's this new guy. That's uncertainty, and then there's Joshua, who, who the new guy is. <laughs> Put yourself in his shoes. Boy, I'm filling the shoes of Moses. Moses. And the Lord says to him in Joshua 1.5, I'm going to be with you. So imagine the encouragement that Jacob, Israel, and Joshua are experiencing as the Lord comes to them in this vulnerable moment, uncertainty, tension, saying, I will never leave you or abandon you. I am with you. And that promise is for us today if we are in Christ. It's repeated to us. God is saying to us, to Forks Community Church, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I am with you. That's a powerful promise in uncertain times, is it not? And... Regardless of the age in which we live in, uncertainty is something every generation deals with. I mean, who here ever struggles with uncertainty? Yeah, everyone. Every hand better go up. Because we're uncertain about the future of our job, our kids' education, how we will save for retirement. You know, it, it's all in there. And it's something that uh, the people who received this letter of Hebrews were dealing with too. They, they were experiencing The pangs of persecution. Some of them have their property confiscated because of their allegiance to Christ. And they were under pressure to go back to Judaism. They were under pressure from their surrounding culture to conform rather than to follow Christ. We feel that pressure today, don't we? That we need to conform to secularism or else we pay a price. So it's something we share uh, regardless of our age. We share this with Jacob, Israel, Joshua. We share this with the audience of Hebrews. But in that time of uncertainty, we can be certain that Jesus is with us. Notice how this same phrase is repeated in Jesus promised us before he ascends to heaven. He gives us the great commission. And he says, and remember... I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you. It's the last thing he says to these disciples who he's now leaving them in charge. And the last thing they will remember is Jesus said he's with us. Did that make a difference in them? Absolutely. Then the Holy Spirit comes and powers them. Huge difference. Now, if if this is true, and I fully believe this is true, then why do so many of us lack certainty in our lives? Isn't that the real question? Why do so many of us lack confidence and satisfaction in our lives? I, I want you to dive into that for a moment and think about the circumstances in which your faith is shaky or the circumstances in which you like, show zero faith. Have you ever just really dug into that and asked, why am I feeling this way? Why am I lacking faith? Why am I anxious? Why am I not believing God's promises? What's going on in here? And I think if we're all honest, we'll find, yes, we're lacking faith in God. But at the same time, we are placing trust in something else. And it's usually ourselves. So think about the, the, the person who's always worrying. That doesn't come across in a proud way, but really their issue is pride because they're failing to trust God and they're like, this is all on me and they fall apart. And so in those moments, essentially we're, we're saying, I'm just not sure God's big enough to do this. Honestly, that's where it's at. I just don't think God's big enough to do this. So it's like the time I went ice climbing in Colorado. And I I went ice climbing. um, I even forget the falls, but it was in Steamboat Springs. And, you know, I'm going up there. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I'm doing this. I felt like Yosemite Sam from Rudolph, you know, the ice pick. (laughs) I'm going up there. Then I get up. I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, you need to come down. So this is the part where I have to trust the guy down there in the ground. I don't know if there's a name for him, but he's anchoring me. He's got the rope tied around him. And I I know, you know, in my mind, I know that he's got me. But then he says, you got to let go of the rope to come down smoothly. Well, what did I do? I didn't trust him. So I'm like, "Ah," and guess what? My descent down was like, "Ah," you know, it wasn't very smooth. Well, the same it is with God. That's a picture of our relationship with God. We're always trying to grab the ropes. Meanwhile, he's like, I got this. Would you let go? Would you let go? And so our lives would go so much better if we stopped trying to grab the rope, stopped trying to to grab the reins. Because after all, we're putting our trust in the Lord. And I just have these three quick bullet points who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, who is truthful, who does not lie, and who does not change. He's not going to redact his promise. And so the key to contentment really is trusting in God's promises. You know, maybe today you're wrestling with some uncertainty in some area of your life. Today might be the day that God is challenging you to lean into him and trust his promises. So what happens when we really do that, when we lean in to his promises? You know what we get? Stability and security. Notice how verse six goes, therefore we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, if you see this quote in your Bible, it's from the Old Testament. It's from Psalm 118. And even that Psalm, it describes the psalmist in a place of distress. And even in that place of distress, he cries out to God. He remembers who God is. And then he realizes, I can have confidence in this moment, even though the circumstances all around me lead me to believe that I can't have confidence. It's the confidence David had when he went before Goliath that no one else had. He had that confidence in God. And it enabled him to do a great feat. And this idea of confidence or boldness is something that God wants every Christian to have. Now, it's different than the confidence we hear from the world, right? The the world says, have confidence in yourself. Our confidence that we ought to have as Christians isn't in who we are, but it's in who Jesus is. I like to say, as Timothy Keller has said, Christians can have a humble confidence. The humility comes because we're trusting in God. We're boasting in him. The confidence comes from the powerful God whom we serve. So that we can go through life confident, yet humbly, because we didn't do anything to get this confidence. It all comes from Jesus. And notice how this theme of confidence comes up here in Hebrews. Hold firmly to our confidence in Christ. Be confident when approaching God in prayer. Have confidence to enter the presence of God. Do not easily throw away our confidence in Christ. And so the idea here is if we're trusting in the promises of God, as we're doing that, God builds up our faith in him. We experience satisfaction. We experience security so that we can say with the psalmist here in 118.6, the Lord is for me. I won't be afraid. What can man do to me? He can kill you, but he can't kill your soul. If you're in Christ, nothing can take you out of his hand. And we can say with Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I keep on living, I can serve Christ. If I die, I'm with him in heaven. It's a win-win. So I, I hope you're seeing here this confidence that we can have. And guess what? Jesus promised us the same confidence. At the end of his Sermon on the Mount, he kind of gives this little analogy, Matthew seven twenty-four to 25, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Parents, have you ever noticed when your kids were young, maybe you have young children now, they had this confidence in you that you can do anything, you can fix anything, I remember one of my boys came up to me and something on their bike was bent. And they're like, dad, you can fix this. And I'm like, I'm not Superman. Cannot bend that, no, no way. But you love the confidence. And you know what we learn from our kids in those moments? That is the childlike faith Jesus wants us to have. That our heavenly father can do anything so we don't want to be childish in our faith. We don't want to act like a spoiled brat, but we do want to be childlike. Where no matter what we're facing, we can say to our Father, hey, you can do this. You can do this. You can give me security. Because the key to contentment is trusting in His promises. So a few weeks ago, I was, I was talking with a person about matters of faith. And... Uh, the person was probably would describe themselves as agnostic or you know someone who believed in secularism but what was inter- interesting in their conversation with them is they had this tacit acknowledgement that they wished they had what i had and to me i kind of read that that they realize you're on solid ground but I'm on sinking sand. And I'm meeting up with that person again next week because I want to say, come over here to the solid ground. But that's the security we can have in Christ. And and what I want to say to you today, if if you know today you're on that sinking sand, I want to say, hey, there's an invitation to you from Jesus to come over here onto the solid ground. And I would love to talk to you about that and how to do that. And if you are in Christ, what I want you to understand today, as we sang in Cornerstone, is that if you're in Christ, you all are already on solid ground. Jesus is your anchor. But maybe what you have to work at is your awareness of the stability and security you have. And that comes by exercising faith in his promises. Which brings us to today's challenge. And it's this. Flex your faith. I'm going to come down front for a moment. So here at FCC, God does not want us or any of his people to have what I call flabby faith. He wants us... To flex our faith. So think about this for a moment. You have a dumbbell here. The job of this dumbbell is to add weight on the muscle, right? So it goes down here. I bring this up. It's putting tension on that muscle. Yes, Mike, I'm struggling under 10 pounds. I, I was going to bring my 35s to improve, but um, boy, I'm getting distracted. So the idea is though, through constant use constant flexing, right? What happens to the muscle? It builds it up. It gets bigger and stronger. The same happens with our faith. The more we exercise faith, trust in God's promises, what happens? Our faith grows. You know, there's something called muscle memory. You got to do it again. The more you do something, it becomes familiar to you. I think the same it is with faith. The more we exercise faith and trust in God's promises, the more our confidence grows in him. You know, as I thought about this in my life, I used to be someone who really worried a lot. I wouldn't say I don't worry anymore, but that doesn't have a hold on me like it used to. And I thought, why is that? What changed And I think what changed was for many years, I memorized verses about anxiety and trust. And when I felt worried, I turned to those verses and I put my trust in God's promise. And then suddenly one day I realized my faith has grown. I'm trusting in God's promises. And then God shows me other areas of my life where I'm a mess and I got to do the same thing all over again in those areas. But the point is, if you've been a person who always has come to uncertainty, tension, and adversity, and you just shrink back, what I want you to say today before God by his grace is to say, I am no longer going to succumb to discontentment and despair and worry in my life. That today is the day, by God's grace, I am going to start trusting in his promises. And as you do that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to say the words of Psalm 118 the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for us. Because you know what happens if we start doing that as individuals and as a church? We will have greater contentment, and we will have greater confidence. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word to us today from Hebrews. Short, simple, succinct message, but it's one we all need to be reminded of, or perhaps hear afresh for the first time. Lord, help us to be people who really experience this satisfaction and security in our lives. Help us to flex our faith to have that grit that we exert even in moments of weakness. May we rely upon your grace, and I pray that as we do this, as we encourage one another, Lord, we will be a satisfied, and secure people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.